When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. I'm Leo Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. If you're not already a subscriber of the series, what are you waiting for? We put out interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You're obviously a big music fan. You might as well hit that subscribe button, which you can do at uh, YouTube, at Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts from, including iTunes and Apple Podcasts where I hope you also give the series a rating and, uh, and leave a review if you feel so inspired. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Chris Robinson of the Chris Robinson Brotherhood, famously of the Black Crows, and of course, in the version that he plays those songs in now, As the Crow Flies. We're going to be talking about the new Chris Robinson Brotherhood album called Servants of the Sun. That title means quite a lot with this record. It's the first record they ever made in the summertime, and he tells us all about how that's affected his writing, but also much more than that, how he wanted the record to sound uh, more like their live show. Uh, He says the last couple records had songs on it they would never be able to play live, and he didn't want that to be the case this time around. We'll talk about how that's also made it a little bit more psychedelic this time around, brought in uh, those cosmic guitars that they're known for. And we'll also discuss uh, the the big news about the, the band kind of being put on a hiatus towards the end of the year. What is the weight of that word? 
word for the uh, Chris Robinson Brotherhood. This comes after one of the band members uh, has left the band, but it also leaves Chris open to do some other things. Possibly a solo album? It sounded pretty likely, Chris tells us. And for fun, we'll turn those clocks back to 1994 and 99 to talk about the Black Crows records, Amorica, and By Your Side. This man's always a lot of fun to talk to. It's Kyle Meredith with Chris Robinson. Well, man, it is so great to hear from uh, from you and the band again, uh, the Chris Robinson Brotherhood. Congrats on Servants of the Sun. It's another fantastic record. Thank you very much. Let's see here. Uh, I, I, I read you saying this was the first time you made a record in the summertime, and, and I didn't know how important that was because a lot of people talk about, a lot of artists talk about how location can affect your writing, but but does season have that strong of effect on you as well? I think so, definitely. I mean, I think everything has an effect. What you're going through, who you're hanging with, what you're eating, you know what I mean? Everything, I think, at a certain point, leaks in there, you know, and had some general notion that uh, I wanted this record. You know, the last few records uh, have pieces on them that are not really not made to be played live or to put in the live situation, you know. And I think in this case, when I was starting to compose, you know, the tunes, I mean, we had a couple of tunes already, Chauffeur's Daughter and Venus and Chrome. But when I was putting them together, I was like, you know, this. I st- really started the majority of the writing in the spring. I don't know, and there was definitely something cathartic about uh, renewal, and that could be, you know what I mean. And that's you're going to be affected by like everything coming to life around you as well. Is it obvious? Like that's where we get the title from with the servants of the sun. Yeah, in a sense, you know, we were, you know, at the studio there, and there was, you know, we've only made records there in the winter when it's kind of looks like Scotland or something, you know, you expect heat cliffs to be running across the boards. But this time it's like a lot, you know, and it's always beautiful and it's always inspiring. But this time it was alive with, you know, the, the fauna and the animals and the sky and the ocean and you know what I mean? So we were all hanging out. My partner Camille and I were, she was doing some collage work or something. And we all live at the studio when we're making those records. And, uh, she had some Egyptian like stuff and I was like, Oh, servants of the sun. That's us right now. You know? So things happen serendipitously like that. You have to just keep your eyes open to little signs and symbols that fall out of the sky in front of you. I've heard you say several times that you like to write scenes and it sort of sounds like what you're talking about now. Uh, what are the scenes that we're seeing on this record? Uh, I mean, ideally, you know, like I said, I think there's a lot of, I mean, my songs always contain dreams, but, you know, in a personal space, I've been through a lot in the last two years. The bands went through a lot. I mean, changes and, you know, people taking time off. I fell in love and went through a nasty divorce to be with my love, you know, all sorts of things that happen to us personally that I think, you know, again, it's, you know, making, we're, we're not, we're lucky to be in the place where I don't make records for anyone else, but for us, you know, I write songs because that's how I feel I relate to my experience and to the collective experience. That's nothing to be too serious. I mean, hopefully that's what the poet does. Sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're melancholy, sometimes they're they're strange. It could be anything, you know, but I think it's about being available and open to those things and trying to be in the moment. And I think we have the great luxury of doing that, you know, because we didn't really have like a giant, you know, million selling record to have to do better or you know, <laughs> or to keep some antiquated, egocentric uh, money machine going or whatever that you could look at the music business in cynical terms, you know. 
we really created a place where it's like, oh, we, we can be as expressive and creative as we want in the kind of way that we want. Thinking, oh, you have a collection of songs. Uh, it might be old fashioned, but yes, let's go into a beautiful studio and see what we can do with them and record and utilize that part of our creative capabilities, not just being on tour and not just doing that kind of uh, presentation, you know? Well, having two sides of a relationship, you know, in one record, is it, does, is it interesting to you how those sit side by side when you're talking about, you know, one relationship ending and another one beginning and are all making part of one record? I mean, do you hear the record in that way? No, not at all. I think the record is really has very little to do. I mean, there's some, you know, I mean, hopefully, like I said, within the lyrics, there's things people could, you know, feel their way through the images. That's what I want. But I mean, for the most part, it's, a lot, you know, there's a lot of, again, there's a lot of loss, but there's also a lot of, like I said before, renewal. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, it's a very up-tempo record, and if anything, like, full of love songs. And I know positive, it's a positive record, you know. Well, you know, going into this and wanting it sounded more like the live shows and songs that you could play. I mean, bands talk about frequently how they want to make an album that sounds like their live show, but I don't know, I guess it's harder than one would expect because few ever really accomplish that. But I feel like you all have. Uh, yeah. I think it's different, you know what I mean, as well, because our presentation is a little bit different. We make records and write songs, and then by the time we record them, uh, they're one thing, and then by the time that we're playing them on the road, they're like a little bit of another thing. I don't know. That was that was the, one of the main factors of if I was going to leave something like the Black Crows, that I have to be fully immersed in this other thing. And being fully immersed means, okay, I want to, I want, if I'm going to, in a sense, sacrifice like this giant rock band on the altar of, <laughs> you know what I mean, of something else that we're looking for, then you have to go whole hog, as they say. You know what I mean? And I think that's a, a complete deconstruction and a, and a reconstruction of, you know, how I would like this to work, what, keep, what keeps me interested, the whole process. It's interesting. I've heard you refer to yourself recently as a gardener and a carpenter uh, and definitely not a rock star. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that was a different, you know, that's when, when you're when you're doing something. Again, like I said, when it's DIY from the ground up, that's that's more the... But also, you know, just to have the opportunity to, to write these songs, you know, to to have an audience, to have to ma- still be going into a beautiful recording facility in the year 2018-19, you know what I mean? It doesn't go unnoticed or, you know, it doesn't uh, receive my respect, you know? Musically, I mean, psychedelia has always been a part of your all sound as much as Roots has, but does this one sort of go further down that psychic cosmic route than I've heard lately? Maybe. I mean, one of the only other sort of criteria that I laid out for everyone, because I've never told anyone what to play or what really, you know, was the one thing I wanted to do this on this album was the last few records have a lot of acoustic instruments and all sorts of instruments and layering and more folk or you know roots elements piano organ that we didn't start with and i kind of you know i didn't really see it as getting back to something but i was like oh that's one thing i don't want i don't want any acoustic guitars i don't want any piano i don't want any you know hammond organ i want to 
stay uh, more, uh, you know, more electric, you know. Again, that's probably more where we would be in a live setting, right. you know. The, the, Chris, the other part of this, you know, however this record finishes, now the word hiatus seems to be tagged onto it. You know, with, yeah, with, yeah, yeah. with members leaving, uh, does that diminish how you feel about the record at all? I mean, how things have landed at this no, point? not at all. I mean, no, not at all. I mean, it's it's not Pink Floyd in 1972. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like things are malleable and liquid. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's, I mean, the band is my moniker. So, I mean, I I think having Adam, asking Adam to leave the band doesn't diminish his how important it's been over the last solid seven years of touring and what and his performance on the record at all i mean i just if anything i hope he's as proud about his work uh, in the band as that we all are about his work and and vice versa how does this affect as the crow flies as well is it as does it affect it as much as the brotherhood no i think even less probably you know because that's just like some other thing that exists <laughs> you know what i mean I, I know it, it was almost, it's probably coincidence. I, I'm going to take an assumption here to say coincidence that Marcus King also canceled his tour. And I know he's in the family and I'm like, man, that's all happening right did at he? once. Yeah. I, I have no idea. Why did that happen? I don't know. He's, he's like shrouded in mystery. And I was like, man, that's a lot right at once. Oh, from I, a similar... I don't know. I haven't even, I haven't spoken to Marcus. And Marcus texted us <laughs> in Australia to see if we knew where he could, uh, with the best tattoo artist it, it was. But other than that, I haven't talked to Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure we'll figure. It. I mean, I hope everything's all right with him personally. I'm a big fan of what he's yeah, doing these days too. as well. I, I, yeah, me uh, too. Now, now that you told me that, I'm going to have to uh, see what's going on. So, with all this kind of put on ice, does that give you a chance? I mean, is there a solo record on the horizon? I've heard you say that you maybe yeah, definitely. I've definitely uh, have some others, other songs that have been laying around now since we made this record almost a year ago. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're still, CRB still goes strong, and we have a really, really good European tour until August. And then I have my country band, the Greenleaf Rustlers, here in Marin, that has been uh, keeping us busy on the side and tends to get busier. So, yeah, you know what I mean? Right now, I just want to, uh, you know, it's the first time I've had a few weeks off. I just want to enjoy uh, my love and my family and then finish up the CRB year. And then, uh, and so that that's really kind of like, it's kind of nice not to look at the calendar and have to be like, oh, I have to be, you know what I mean? It's nice to take some, a little bit of time away and, and work on these new songs as well. Well, I, I always look forward to, to all the music you do, and we're always so happy with it. So obviously we're fans around here, you know, and I, I oh, appreciate man, I what appreciate you do with Servants that. of the Sun. Yeah. Uh, do, you got a couple of seconds. Can I ask you about two of your older records that are having big birthdays this year? Wow, cool. I didn't realize my records had birthdays, but sure. <laughs> well, to the Black Crows record, uh, Amorica is 20, you know, is, uh, is 25 years old. It was at least in 94. Jesus Christ, really? And, That's and, amazing. Yeah, and By Your Side turns 20 years old, uh, released in, uh, in 99. But I, I was look, you know, I went back to and, and listening to these records and everything, and, and it was interesting because... As I read, both of those records sort of came from abandoned records. Um, Amorica came from, you know, Tall. By Your Side came from Band. I don't know. It's kind of interesting how those two tie together like that. And uh, Yeah, I mean, I think in, in the history of the Black Crows, you could see, like, how we were, or at least I was always pushing the envelope to to do something different, you know. And uh, it's a great, I mean, I mean, Amorica... 
I'm, I think it's a great record, you know. Uh, By Your Side, not my favorite record, you know. But it's because of all, it's the reason, like, wow, we were making all this amazing music. And then there was some music made subsequently between band and that. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden our contract was at Columbia Records and they were just a bunch of douchebags over there who, you know what I mean? It suits, you know, at the end of the 90s, you know, like, they didn't really know what to do, and they just, uh, you know what I mean? So it's funny, like, the, rec- the the recordings and music we were making would be real, uh, I don't know, I think they're real different, you know what I mean? We were like, oh, but I think that was probably the Black Crows' the greatest gift and the greatest curse the whole time, you know what I mean? We weren't, um, we weren't really clever enough to do the same thing twice. <laughs> that's a great way to word that right there that's what kept me interested i didn't know until now and i i know this is common knowledge but uh i didn't know that it, you all tapped weird al yankovic to produce the video for only a fool again at that time i was a massive drugged out rock star so some decisions <laughs> were made without some of my not that weird al was a swell guy he truly was uh that video is unwatchably bad <laughs> But see, that's the things that happen in rock and roll. We had made a video that was one of the best videos that the band ever made for the song By Your Side, which I think is a super strong song. I love that song. And, to, you know, the big wigs at the label decided that Only a Fool was the single instead of By Your Side, which mm-hmm. was a big mistake. And, yeah, but that's how it goes. You don't really get a say when you're playing on house money. You know what I mean? Does that, um, you know, when you're choosing songs and as the crow flies, does those type of moments in your career cloud the way you, you know, does that help you choose which songs not to play? Do you stay away from certain songs because of your personal connection? No, I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe only a fool gets like, gets to be the the, the redheaded stepchild (laughs) because of the memories of that. But uh, no, I just think you also with different groups and different configurations, you play to the strength of the people that you're playing with. And when you have a, a vast, catalog then I, you know what i mean and i think you, you you play to your strength you know i mean at least i think that's what i try to do when i put together different projects and different people to play different you know stuff like i said it works out for me i mean going back and listening to these both has been a lot of fun because i don't think i'd listen to them no, in have... quite a long time so so anyway happy birthday to both of them uh it turns out they do have birthdays yeah, after all <laughs> Well, cool, Chris. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, let me travel back in time there. But again, congratulations on the new record with Servants of the Sun. Uh, you know, whatever the next move for you is, uh, I can't wait to hear it. And, and we'll definitely be here for you. Oh, I appreciate it, man. All right. It's always a pleasure talking to you, man. Take care out there. All right, man. Have a good one. You too. Take care. Bye. And my thanks, as always, to Chris Robinson. The latest Chris Robinson Brotherhood album is called Servants of the Sun. Now for you big CRB fans, I'm also going to include my previous interview with Chris Robinson. This one comes from uh, 2017 when the band had just released the album Barefoot in the Head. We got to talk about that album's themes, the songs, and plenty more. This is uh, part two of Kyle Meredith with Chris Robinson. Hey Kyle, it's Chris Robinson. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm already excited. Barefoot in the Head. I know it's talked about a little bit about how quick this record came from the last one. You do seem to enjoy the bursts of music. It's not the first time you guys have been been doing this. But I'd kind of be curious, when, when, when songs come this quickly, because I know, especially with your music, you know, a lot of it probably gets road tested before it ever gets to the studio. Did these songs get that chance, or are we looking at more of something like a snapshot of of the song's own youth? You know, yeah, I think the <clears throat> the previous record there were three songs 
one, two on the on the you know any way you love and one on the EP that we had been playing, you know. And in this case, yeah, there were these were all, um, you know, I, th- I think the the sort of the way to make it work is I came we came out of the last record and I came home and just kept writing. I was just in a good place. And, you know, I think with a lot of the fear and anxiety and stuff in the world about things maybe beyond your control or whatever, maybe I was, you know, also digging deep into like, well, you know, I felt like I just feel there's a lot of music to make and and songs to write. So I just kept continuing through that. But I think the process was different because no, I mean, even though there were a few pieces that you know by the by the fall of last year i started like playing a little piece on the bus but you know i'm the verse and chorus person and then we're lucky enough to uh you know still go into the studio and make recordings and as archaic as it is and it just seems like no matter what you know this band we thrive on the spontaneity and when a certain group of musicians who can communicate on a you know on a certain dynamic or in a certain dynamic, I should say, you know, you can make something out of nothing. I think this is about being open and aware of when the right thing shows itself, you know, and the other kind of funny thing is, is, you know, we've made a few records now and done a lot of sessions. And this was the second session that we produced ourselves. And we, this, we've never had an argument in the studio. There's never been a tense moment. <laughs> I mean, it's, there's just never been any of that. So you know, the atmosphere when we're ready to work and what's happening should really be open and sincere and trusting, you know? And I think when, when you lay that kind of fertile territory, that's where your imagination and your form of expression kind of, you know, blossom a lotus in the night, if you will. (laughs) The small bit of irony in what you just said about this band being called the Brotherhood and there being no fighting and then your previous band and whatever history and lore exists there. And uh... <laughs> Well, yeah, well, it's funny, but I think you're subject to the kind of trial by fire you're born into, or at least the Black Crows, what an amazing and unique experience to have. And I'm super proud of the music and the audience that we created. But that is in a sense, you know, we worked hard and we wanted to manifest success but it was also something that happened to us in mm-hmm. a sense and the way the music business works and stuff. So, you know, to, and if I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of, <laughs> I'm the kind of person who, you know, given the opportunity to do something else or something different, it's something fulfilling to me on a different level. This is something, or at least my perspective of it, this is something that we've built, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's different. And the motivation's different, you know, the parameters are different. You, you're hitting on, I want to go back though, then, you know, talking about that subject matter and, and why the writing was different and everything and, and the timing. Uh, obviously, you start writing these songs as, as the, all the election and all that's happening. And when I talk to a lot of artists, it, it is really sort of interesting how, I mean, because we're all dealing with everything that's going on out there at the same time. And I think we're all going through a similar process too. But we go from this bewilderment to I hear a lot of people saying, hey, let's fix this. Maybe, you know, because, you, you know, some of you are getting hoodwinked. And I read your press release on this, and, and, you know, it's what you're talking about with this music, with the Chris Robinson Brotherhood. You say our music represents an honest way of communicating with people. I mean, granted, you take the bells and whistles out of a show business presentation. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I would think that, the you know, the vibes that we're putting out are different than 
I mean, not so unique maybe to people in the, you know, it's funny that we're considered in the jam band, but we're just kind of more lyrical and weird to be a jam band. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we're like rock and roll, you know what I mean? We still have like a good dose of rock and roll in us that makes it a little different. And then, you know, but we like to have this other side of us that doesn't make us just a rock band. <laughs> so we fit into this other thing. And But I think the presentation should be, Again, I learned a lot trying to do uh, Escape from the Black Crows in the early 2000s with the New Earth Mud. And, you know, just like Steve McQueen in The Great Escape, I was back in the cell bouncing the ball (laughs) against the wall, you know. (laughs) Not looking nearly as cool as Steve McQueen. But, I mean, the reality is, is, again, getting back to your your perspective, was it a success or a failure? And, like, to me, I'm not afraid to take the mistakes and look at them and when it was time to begin something new, you know, I really learned from the good stuff and the really, and the mistakes, you know? So I think that's something that we've instilled in this too. I mean, this is a little mom and pop business, you know, we, we built this thing gig by gig. We're still doing it. You know what I mean? We still are not, you know, we're in no place where everyone is, <laughs> living some life. I mean, we're living the life of true troubadours and doing it every night and, you know, living on the bus and playing five nights out of the week and doing, you know, averaging 115 shows a year. So, you know, we have to, it all has to be, there has to be something there other than just a paycheck and, you know, a gig, you know, it's just not a gig, you know, it's something else. And I think that's indicative of our, seen as well you know like the people that are interested in the people that the new people that start to come they're like oh this is a little different and this is super open and friendly and you know something i want to be a part of i feel safe you know now i mean the stuff you're projecting out there in the lyrics uh and and in the music because obviously music talks on its own too uh, i think is important right now i think you know the message you guys are putting out there is important and you know we sort of, and I'll hit on the uh, the song specifically too because you know the first few singles that's made it out, I really centered it on "Behold the Seer." Yeah, well, it's kind of like the quintessential CRB. There's a there's a lot of stuff going on, you know, and a lot of. I mean, hopefully the overall thing isn't too chaotic. You know, if you have a nice rhythmic pulse, you know, someplace that you like to be, you know, everything show again, like I was saying, you put things together, that song came together. I had the little the little opening riff and the kind of first little guitar solo and the verse. And then Neil threw in the chorus in like ten minutes. And then Adam when we threw that in, we played it around two more times and then we got to where Adam so is and I said, Whatever you want to play, just go there and we'll follow you and he did. And we were like, Okay, well <laughs> that that was that, you know. Uh, it really is works that way a lot of times with us. That quickly, that you know, everyone knows where uh, the other person's going when it's at its best, you know. Yeah. yeah. And and that line, you know, we ain't got nothing to lose, it's only space and time. You know, you have to hang your hat on something of some of some you know some philosophical idea. Right. But, uh... <laughs> well, and and you know, I'll bring up the album title as well because everything that you're saying really seems to embody that title, barefoot. Uh, what is it? Uh, barefoot in the head. You know. Yeah, yeah. Barefoot is a state. Well, of you mind, know, and that's I a community. Think, yeah, yeah, and that's you know the kind of point. I mean, what I like about that is you don't have to have long hair, and uh, <laughs> you know, you don't have to live in California, or you know, you can. It's about, it's a more of a readjusting your perspective. We're still talking about the same thing. And it's about what, you know, 
you know, the whole, I, one of my great inspirations for this whole idea for the band, besides not wanting to be in the music business and dealing with people that don't live like me or think like me or love like me, and they're not my tribe, not our tribe, you know, how do we spread the word of our tribe? And again, there's only really one way to the promised land and that's by getting up and doing it, you know, every day. And, you know, there's a lot of great bands, man, widespread panic. I mean, and fish is fish, you know, they're this giant thing and people love to go to the, their parties, you know, their parties, they, they like that group. They like what's going on. So to kind of start something new, you know, like I said, in the craft beer thing here in California, when I saw people waiting in line and they could only buy two bottles of Pliny the Elder, this like craft beer out there. Mm-hmm. You can only buy two at a time, and it's more expensive than everything else. And people were leaving the place like clicking their heels, like they had this like grand elixir. And that really made sense to me too, though, about in terms of, oh, we don't have to, we don't have to water down anything we're doing. This can stay pure from the source and an authentic thing, as long as we want to keep it that way, yeah. and as long as you can make the sacrifices that it would take to work hard and put in the work and do the stuff without tremendous financial reward or fame or whatever. Right. You have to be, that's where we get back to why you're in this band and why we're doing it because there has to be some other motivation, you know, and we know what that is. We're all lifelong weirdo musician, people obsessed with music, making it, listening, our community, our friends, other musicians. So it all is all one big ball of wax. Yeah. Well, I can say that, you know, I, I was a fan first because of the songs, but it's for things like that. I mean, music on your own terms for, you know, throughout your career, that's really gave me uh, an honest respect for you and everything you do. And, you know, put it all together. And I look forward to these records when they come out. And as a fan, it's even better when they come this quickly. So thanks. For that. <laughs> right on. Yeah, it is. It is funny in a in a time where everyone's you know producer driven, all pop, you know, kind of adolescent driven. Everything's very surface. That yeah, we're making records like bands did in 1969 and 1970. <laughs> you know, at least if not two records a year, at least one a year. Yeah. You know, it's perfect. But man. again, we have the beautiful lucky place to invent our mythology while we're while we're dreaming down the road. You yeah. know, like it's pretty unique. And that is a thing that is severely lost in today's music culture is the mythology. And that's, you know, the reason we got rock and roll to begin with, you know, a good song and the myth that goes along with it. So thanks for keeping that alive, too. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why, you know, that's that's the seeds of that are still Chuck Berry and Fats Domino and Bo Diddley and Little mm-hmm. Richard, you know, and Charlie Rich, Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, all that stuff, you know, so the real rock and roll. I'll put you in that camp too. It's okay. You don't have to say it. I'll do it for you. <laughs> I don't think those guys really would appreciate the tie dye and like, you know, the THC and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Chris. Thank you so much for the talk today. I'll uh, I'll relieve you and let you go about life. And I'm looking forward to the release of Barefoot in the Head. Thanks so much, man. It was great. Right, Remember, everyone, free the illegal plants. There you free go. all the illegal plants. And <laughs> all right, all right. Take care, man. Thanks a lot, man. All right, bye. Bye. Chris Robinson back in the 2017 talking about the CRB record, Barefoot in the Head. And again, the, the the latest Chris Robinson Brotherhood album is called Servants of the Sun. And thanks again to Chris, and thanks to you uh, for checking us out. Uh, again, I hope you do hit the subscribe button. You can uh, subscribe and follow along at Spotify. 
You can also subscribe at YouTube, of course, anywhere you get your favorite podcast from, including iTunes and Apple Podcasts, where, again, I, I do hope you give the, uh, the series a rating and leave a review as well. After that, head to WFPK.org, where I do a show every Monday through Friday. Consequenceofsound.net has your music and film news. You can find me at Twitter, at Kyle Meredith, and Facebook, slash Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.